Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. As I write these words, several weeks back, of course, the television screen is showing healthcare workers in Sierra Leone carrying a canvas bag containing a corpse to a common grave site where dozens of other dead bodies have already been dumped. This is a special grave for those who have died as a result of the latest catastrophe in that region, which we all know about now, called Ebola. The Ebola strain is rampant, as I write. West Africa is being devastated. Flights to and from the West have been cancelled by some airlines. Even the Texas city of Dallas, it is said, is on edge. They fear the worst, as some healthcare providers have returned home and one had the Ebola problem personally. Ebola seems to be on the edge of exploding into the American way of life as well, destroying their accepted ways of life. Hopefully, when this broadcast comes several weeks after I write it, the crisis will have passed and the growing fair across the Western world will only be a bad memory at that point. But that will still not be the end of such worldwide fear. Will Ebola break out somewhere else? Perhaps there will be a new virus to threaten the health of the world breaking out somewhere, sometime. What new strain of disease will arise to threaten the world and its inhabitants? The Bible speaks of such things as a signal that the end of the world is coming. The increasing frequency of such outbreaks and the number and severity also speak of the nearness of the Lord's return for the church. The fourth horseman of the apocalypse speaks to this reality and expectation for our future. Revelation chapter 6 speaks of the infamous pale horse, death, pestilence. They come in abundance with the appearance of this pale horse. You'll recall that these four horses and their riders arrived during the last days of humanity before the judgment of the great white throne. Is this news regarding Ebola and its dangerous threatening spread of death an indicator of the approaching apocalypse? Now, not to make things worse or too many assumptions and to presume that I know dates and probabilities, one is drawn to see similarities that it makes for an interesting discussion and study when one can see these similarities in Scripture working themselves out all around us. It can be a fascinating endeavor comparing Scripture with Scripture, trying to make connections, but as I say, one must be careful not to be too specific, nor should we ever attempt to set down exact dates and exact concepts. God did not intend for us to know the time of the Lord and his return, or else he would have told us. Sufficient that he has allowed us to have many indicators and signs to guide us, to excite us, even to give us hope, an expectation that soon we will see him face to face, ultimately to spend eternity in the blessed presence of our Lord. Meanwhile, 
As we await his return, we watch the events unfolding in the world around us. Some of these events can be matched to similar things or assumed to relate to scriptures that speak about the end of time. Our excitement grows as we believe we see that day approaching. Only God knows when that will be. The Ebola crisis only makes our hearts beat faster as we identify yet another of the pestilences that continue to plague our world, lending to that continuing sense of imminence. Keep your eyes on the eastern skies. The Lord is going to return soon. Troublesome times are here Filling men's hearts with fear Freedom we all hold dear Now is that stay Humbling your heart to God Saves from the chastening rod Seek the way pilgrims trod Christians away Jesus is coming soon Morning or night or noon Many will many meet doom Trumpets will Trumpets sound will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise Righteous meet in the skies Going where no, going where no one dies Heavenward bound Troubles will soon be Happy forevermore When we meet on that shore Free from all care Rising up in the sky Telling this world goodbye Homeward we then will fly Glory to share Jesus is coming soon Morning or night or noon, many will meet him. Trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies, going where no one dies. Heavenward And now with his message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Greetings. I trust that you are all relaxed, resting, and eagerly anticipating to see how God will work in and through your life in the coming year. I know that I am. In fact, here's a passage from the Word of God that was impressed upon me as I was awaiting a medical procedure in Tampa, Florida recently. It popped up on the nurse's computer who was attending to me at the time. I took it as a word from God for me as I approach a new year. This is Isaiah 46, beginning at verse 4. Notice carefully. I will be your God throughout your lifetime. Until your hair is white with age, I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. Isn't that an amazing quote? That verse was a real blessed assurance to me as I underwent another medical procedure that was uncertain in its outcome. However, God's word to me at that time certainly was not uncertain. But the passage went on. Listen carefully now to the word of God. 
To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Some people pour out their silver on gold and hire a craftsman to make a god from it. Then they bow down and worship it. By the way, friends, many do that with their wealth today. The quote continues, They carry it around on their shoulders, and when they set it down, it stays there. It can't even move. And when someone prays to it, there's no answer. It can't rescue anyone from trouble. Do not forget this. Keep it in mind. Remember this, you guilty ones. Remember the things I have done in the past. For I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Isn't that an amazing passage of Scripture? Let me read that last phrase again, because that spoke to me even today. Remember the things I have done in the past. For I alone am God. I am God. And there's none like me. God used that to encourage me even today as I was facing a particular problem. And I said, Lord, how am I going to get out of this? And it occurred to me that I faced this same problem last year. And you know what? God brought me through it last year. This verse reminds me that he is the same God who have done things for me in the past. He alone is God. There's none like him. And so I rested it in the assurance that he will do it again. And you know what? He did. Beloved, rest on the blessed words that you have in the word of God, the Bible. I rest on these blessed words as I begin a new year of drawing upon the enablement of the Holy Spirit to preach the word and to proclaim Christ in order to lead all that hear and obey the word towards spiritual maturity. I trust that our series of messages we're beginning today will help us toward that end. I have chosen as our topic, Living in the Spirit. Our theme verse is Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, which reads, and I quote now the word of God, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's the King James Version. Our focus in this series will be on the biblical meaning of living a spiritual life. That pleases God. Our emphasis will be on the practical application of biblical principles derived from the exposition of specific passages of the Word of God. This in itself will be the practical application of our theme verse. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I want to read now the entire passage though in which that particular verse is found because it's important for us to see the context if we are going to understand this one verse. And I will be emphasizing a principle throughout the new year and this program, and it is this. Never read only one verse, but read the entire passage or paragraph to get the truth of that verse. So let me read the entire section then in which Galatians 5.25 is found. I'm reading from chapter 5, verse 16, then, of Galatians, quote, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. 
And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desire of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And this is our theme verse. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. End of quote. That's Galatians 5, verses 16 to 25, reading from the New Living Translation. Let's begin then by getting an understanding of our theme text, Galatians 5.25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, the overall thrust of this statement is directed toward believers in Christ. In other words, he's talking to Christians. And to put it very simply, Paul is saying, be what you are. If you are a Christian, then live like a Christian. He's being very logical and rational. He's saying, if your source of life is in the sphere of the Spirit, then show this by the way you behave. Or again, we could put it this way. Be what you are. If you're spiritual, live spiritually or live a spiritual life. Or we could even say, if the Spirit has given you life, then live your life in keeping with His desires or under His control. Or we can say again, if you are alive in the sphere of the Spirit, then live your life under the reign of the Spirit. Again, to put it even more simply, he's saying, if you are a Christian, live like one. That is the trust of this passage, and that is the trust of these messages as well. Now, let's look at the text. It begins with the word, the preposition, if. If you live by the Spirit, then show it by the way you behave. Now, this is not an if of doubt or uncertainty. It is better translated since, and the Greek gives us this authority to do it. The since here is better in the passage rather than if. The we refers to Christians, Paul and the Christians of Galatia. Now, it has two other words in there, in. Both of them are recorded in the King James Version. But in each place where the in is translated, it's best translated by. This would mean then that the verse actually reads better this way. 
Since we live by the Spirit, let us therefore also walk by the Spirit. The New International Version translated this way. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, don't go ahead of Him and don't lag behind Him. Keep in step with Him. Now, another truth that we have to see here is that life comes before living. Notice very carefully, our walking by the Spirit, our living by the Spirit is dependent upon our being made alive by the Spirit. In other words, before we can live spiritually, we must have a spiritual life. As someone has said, we cannot live a life for God until we have received a life from God. But now, what does it mean to live or to be made alive by the Spirit? You see, there are two ways in which this phrase is used in this passage. One is the initial reception of the life, and the other is the living out of that life which we have received. And it is all done by the Spirit of God. Now, live by the Spirit means to have received eternal life from God. In other words, to be made alive by the Spirit means to receive eternal life from God. This is what the Bible calls regeneration. Listen to Paul in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, where the same word is used. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Listen now. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. That is regeneration. Rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent of regeneration, of renewal, and of giving us spiritual life. Jesus used the same word in Matthew 19, verse 28, when he was talking about when he comes back to set up his kingdom. This is what he says. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal, or the King James says, at the regeneration of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The point is, regeneration has to do with giving new life. The Greek word means reproduction, new birth, renewed, or recreation. In other words, it is the impartation of eternal life to a repentant sinner. This is the kind of life necessary to live in fellowship with God, and it is a kind of life that the Spirit of God alone can give. Now, the Scriptures are very clear. Regeneration is entirely the work of God. Man has nothing to do with it. Listen to Jesus in John chapter 1. This is John speaking about Jesus. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Notice now, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. In other words, the rebirth, regeneration is entirely from God. It has nothing to do with man's efforts at all. But regeneration is also likened to resurrection, being raised from death to life. Listen to John chapter 5, verse 21. Jesus speaking, Just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Now that's a very 
powerful passage of scripture. It's very troublesome to some as well. Listen carefully. Just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, that's regeneration. Even so, the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Listen to Romans 6.13. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who are being raised from death to life. See, that's resurrection. Being raised from spiritual death to spiritual life. And then he says, offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. And so God likens regenerations to being raised from the dead to life. And he emphasizes it again. Regeneration is affected only by the Holy Spirit. Listen again to John chapter 3. Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again, unless he is regenerated. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Now notice carefully. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should therefore not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. It is the work of the Spirit of God, my friends. I quote again Titus 3 verse 5. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal. How? By the Holy Spirit. The point is, it is the Holy Spirit who is the agent of regeneration and the one who gives us the spiritual life we need to live to honor and to please God. That's why the scriptures are very clear. The result of regeneration is a new nature, a new creation. In other words, we go from an old to a new creation, from an old nature to a new nature. Listen to Paul in Ephesians 2. We are God's workmanship. Notice the phrase now, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Notice, we are created anew in Christ Jesus. But Paul makes it even more clearer in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. It's a new life, a new creation brought about by regeneration, my friends. And that's what we need to live a life that is controlled by the Spirit of God. Something else this passage tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Regeneration is instantaneous when it happens. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. That's past tense. The new has come. This results in a new mind and a new heart for the believer. Not in the sense that these faculties are replaced in the forgiving saint, but rather that the Spirit regenerates or renews and energizes them with spiritual capabilities. We have contact with the Holy God. We are able to perceive and feel things spiritually. That is the way God sees them. Not in degree, mind you, because we will never be able to understand spiritual things the way God does, but we do so in reality nonetheless. Now, we will see the wonderful results of this in our next message, Lord willing. 
But just a reminder as we close today, you cannot live a life for God until you have received a life from God. And so I encourage you, if you have not yet experienced regeneration by the Spirit of God, that you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today so that you can have your life renewed and you become a new creation by the Holy Spirit. Because you need the Holy Spirit, my friends, to walk by the Spirit, to live by the Spirit. And this is what we are encouraging you to do in the new year. If you are made alive by the Spirit, then live by the energy and power of the Holy Spirit. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Think and act on these things. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. Great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. Happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every morning for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. in a moment Jesus Christ could come again